It's the What's Your Opinion Show, our daily talk show focusing on you, the people, events, and issues of Marshall County. Now here's your hosts, Kathy Bodorf and Rusty Nixon. Test one, two. The crowd is a little bit dull this morning. Well, we have things going on. I think they're all busy. Christmas shopping is what I think. But who am I to know what's going on? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. It is the Friday version. Thank goodness it's Friday. Uh, December the 16th of the What's Your Opinion show. And... You've got Rusty and Kathy this morning, and I'm hoping that Tim Starr is going to be our guest today. Um, we've interviewed Tim one other time with the Reese, but uh, I asked him if he would come in and talk to us a little bit more about Disney and sure. trips to Disney. And he, he has some insider tips for visiting Disney World and oh, so tell us where the catacombs are yes exactly so um, where they've got walt and storage we've talked about it and message back and forth and i i sent another message this morning just for confirmation and i'm still waiting on that but i think that's what um our surprise is going to be for today well good so yeah there you surprises are good things oh don't don't well, we all maybe love not. surprises maybe not maybe not, maybe not. No, we don't all love surprises. Uh, I had a surprise about 30 seconds ago that wasn't too pleasant. <laughs> it wasn't the surprise you were wasn't what I asked for, for for Christmas. Let's just put it that way. What the <laughs> devil? That's not fair. I know. Something's wrong. I never get what I want. Uh, <laughs> all the way out front. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, well, I am hoping that maybe you could press another little button. What do you want? On your little box that says, like, something. Oh, um, well, you're going to have to give me a second because that's not uh, doing very well right now either. Our little box isn't doing well. Little box is not doing well. Wake up, little box. We need to hear from you today. All right, I think I've got it. All right. uh, All right, here we go. Three, two, and one. And now with the breaking news, here's Kathy Bodorf. So, news that I actually broke yesterday morning <laughs> early. And then, I mean, like, well, it actually I came on yesterday morning at 4 a.m. And then at 7 a.m. I was asked to take it down. I am now breaking this morning. Uh, during the Culver Town Council meeting on Tuesday, uh, which was December the 13th, Town Council President Bill Githens asked the board for a motion to rescind the $25,000 appropriation in next year's budget uh, for the Blue Zones. That's the, the right. public yeah. match that they they had dedicated uh, $75,000 towards Blue Zones. And uh, they had to split it up because it's over a three-year process, so it was $25,000 each year for three years. Um, uh, and... Uh, after a short discussion, the town council voted by a three to two vote to poll their support for blue zones. Well, 
As a result of their actions, the Culver Town Council, uh, or the Culver Council was notified yesterday. And let me think. No, this happened on Tuesday. Wednesday evening, they were notified by Culvertown man- manager Jenny Monroe that she submitted to each one of them her letter of resignation. Well, so huh. we had it Thursday morning in the news, and then she said, Ah, can you wait until it gets to a public meeting? And I, okay. So didn't, you know, we did. I pulled it so that we wouldn't. And then this morning, well, then last night I saw on Facebook she had a big thing because too many people had already heard about it. So this morning I got the message that said, yep, you can go ahead and use it. So good. So in her letter of resignation, I have a total copy of it. It says it is with a very heavy heart that I submit this letter to tender my resignation effective February 10th, 2023. As of January, I will have completed a 16-year run with the town. It has been a good run, and I am proud of the work we have done. Last night's, referring to Tuesday night's town council meeting, last night's decision was a shock to me and many in the public. It blindsided me. I have always believed that the one common mission among us was an environment of mutual trust and respect. I also strongly believed that we based decisions on public input and with full transparency. We did that well, and I appreciate the times we did accomplish that. Your decision last night was contrary to all I believe about how we work together and how we should govern. Though shocking, it is something I must accept and respond to. I will move on knowing we accomplished a great deal of good for Culver. I am proud to have worked with you and the town staff. On a personal note, my time here has been an incredible life experience that has gifted me me in immeasurable ways. In those times of collaboration, we not only made the best decisions for the town of Culver, but we also made the best decisions to value our citizens and the surrounding community, making Culver a better place to live and work. Often we led the way in the county, and for that and the relationships it gave my life, I am grateful. The next nine weeks will be a challenge. I tend to focus on my replace. I will tend to focus on my replacement, and on getting a building commissioner in place. I think you will agree that my energy would be best focused on finding capable people to handle those jobs. I will also prepare documentation and file folders of all the active work, lawsuit issues pending, and project assignments for those replacements or those who will need to cover the various projects in the interim. The one thing I know, having done this job, is that you have a tremendously talented staff. I don't intend to affect the morale of our staff with negativity. It will be, or it will, it will be important for them to step up through the transition of leadership. I will make every effort to ensure a smooth and positive transition to whoever fo- follows me. 
You can count on my professionalism in the coming weeks. I gave considerable thought to the length of my notice. I wanted to be sure that with the holidays and the amount of work on my plate, I provided enough time to ensure a smooth transition. If there are loose ends to tie up or significant challenges come February, we can evaluate that when the time comes. And perhaps I can help you on a freelance basis for the short term. In the meantime, I will make every effort to finish out my days with the same work ethic and passion for Culver that have motivated my work these past 16 years. Sincerely, Jenny. And so Jenny Monroe has tended her resignation as the Culver Town Manager. And it's, it, it's sad. And it was shocking at the meeting when I watched that meeting and saw it happen. It was shocking to me that that, that happened like out of the blue. No warning, you know. And Jenny has, Jenny brought Stellar. She was the lead to bring Stellar to Culver. Yeah. And then because of her work and success with Stellar, she was on the main team to bring Stellar to Marshall County which has grown many other organizations out of that. And it's just, it's just very sad. Yeah, it is. Um, so. I, is it just a matter of time before we have the police being called to uh, meetings now? Welcome to Roseland, ladies and gentlemen. Well, That's what we got going on. So any of you who remember that fiasco, <laughs> that is exactly where we're headed. So It does make you good luck. worry and it does make good luck concerns. That's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. But I, I, I have I to may agree. As, I may as well be sick of absolutely anything that has anything to do with an election. So I, I may as well be okay. May as well. That, now at least I'm uniform. Used to be okay with local elections. <laughs> At least I'm uniform now. now <laughs> Let's just do away with them. We can just stand in the middle of the street and just scream at each other. That would that would be a good way to govern, I think. Why don't we do that? Uh, be a lot simpler. We wouldn't have to spend the money on an election or any of that. Just have everybody just stand around and scream at each other. That'd be a great idea. Uh, no, not really. Oh, yeah, it would be. It's what we want, Kathy. We're listening. Uh, We're listening to the people. It's what we want. Not really. All right. I, 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 it, it, it seems that that's where we're headed or how things are I, going. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the scary side of things. Well, uh, but <laughs> everybody's right. Nobody's wrong. Mm -hmm. Absolutely nobody wants to talk to anybody. Well, they love to talk to people. Absolutely nobody's listening when you're talking. Maybe that's something that we ought to all realize. Nobody's listening when you nobody's talk because they've, they've already tuned you out because they know better than you do. Hmm. So, you know, there you go. So, actually, you know, I, I think this next thing that I want to talk about real quick might deserve a button push, too. Oh, what do you want? The same button. Same button. Yeah. All right. Uh, here we go. And now here with more breaking news, Kathy Baroff. Marshall County uh, has the possibility now to create a regional sewer district. 
Oh, I saw that. I read that. I posted I saw, that, I yes, it. last yeah. night, um, and I think it is very exciting for our county. Uh, on December the 12th, the Indiana Department of Environmental Management, or IDEM, as most of us know them, uh, determined that the petition that had been sit- submitted uh, by Marshall County to establish a regional sewer district um, was, had been approved. The order states that there was significant uh, or suffi- it was a sufficient petition that had been filed by the county that they conducted the public hearing that was required to go along with the petition, uh, that the information submitted, you know, and reviewed by IDEM was appropriate, and therefore IDEM then conducted their own public meeting here in Marshall County that allowed county residents to attend and participate in. And now having reviewed all of that, so the documentation that Marshall County set in, the public hearing that Marshall County conducted, then the public hearing that the state actually conducted here, uh, IDEM having reviewed all of that, um, the commissioner of IDEM approved the findings and stated it's, it is now ordered by the commissioner that the Marshall County Regional Sewer District be established as an independent municipal corporate or corporation in Marshall County. So now we have the possibility of having a regional sewer district. And that's going to be helpful to a lot of people. Um, um, I got to yes. be honest with you. I'm not sure we'll ever see <laughs> you and I will ever see the day a lot of this gets done. Cause... I think that we will see the first project get get done. Okay. Because um, I, I think probably it'll take maybe uh, by the time we create now, now, now the process begins. Um, you know, different boards are going to have to elect different people uh, to be on the regional sewer board. Yeah. Um, and then at that point, that board is all going to have to be re-educated on everything that was done by the survey work prior to all of this. Um, and then they will make the determination if they agree with the commissioners that the lakes area should be the first area uh, to get a regional sewer. Um, so... That will take probably, I would think that would take a good year. Right. Um, and then then you have to begin the process of, you know, designing a project, sure. hiring a company to design a project and all of that. That would probably take another year. So I would say by the third year, we'd actually see construction. Now, that's all me. It's an opinion show. That's my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. Um, the... The question arises. Okay, now we're going to hear something. That the county commissioners initially had wanted to pledge about a million dollars of ARPA funds for the beginning of this project. It would be a one-time shot, and creating a regional sewer district means that they're going to put that million dollars in to get started right um but then when we bring the next project on and that that is not getting you know that's then when people start paying that money is going to come back to the county it's like here we go we're going to give you the money get you started once 
once we get up and running and once you guys have some kind of a, you know, a tax or a, a fee schedule and money starts rolling in, then some of our money is going to come back to us. Sure. Um, so it's like we're going to we're going to loan you some money to get going. Um, then it, it'll only be those people where the sewer is actually started that are going to pay. Yeah. Then these other locations are like 13 other locations. As time goes on and they're added in, they won't need that million dollars to get started because right. it's already started. Exactly. So it'll they will be there will be money there building in to do the design work for the next program or they will go out and they'll do a bond issue for the next program and then those people in that new sub subdivision or wherever it may be they will pay for their portion of the project so it's not like all 13 districts or areas are going to have to start paying right away only those who are getting service will but the question remains with this new county council coming in if they will fund the money that had been pledged through all of this to get the regional sewer district started. Yeah, well. So th- that is going to be interesting. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what well, will happen there. If they uh, you know I don't I'm not exactly sure. I mean, they I, they probably can go out and f- and get a bond, but it's going to be more complicated. If you have some money in the bank already to get that bond, th- then you know lenders are going to be more interested in 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 the bond issue because they right. they know there's already support for it and there's money there for it. So right. um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays forward. But yeah. and with this new council coming in, I don't know. I mean, they are all about roads. That's the only thing that is important. It appears to be, in my opinion. And so I'm not sure exactly how they're going to feel about this. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I don't either. Now, I don't have a story story yet. I'm working on it. But if you'll push your button one more time. (laughs) One more time. All right. All right. Here we go. And now another exhausting breaking news from Kathy Botter. Well, this is going to be a short one because I don't got a have a cramp in my finger. You're going to have to <laughs> slow this down a little bit. I don't have any d- details per se, but I did receive notification yesterday afternoon that, and I've I looked around yesterday. I haven't looked this morning that the ready grants that were to be announced yeah. yesterday. I believe they were announced yesterday. Okay. And from my two sources that I have, Marshall County Blue Zones was not funded. Okay. At all. All right. So that is a shocking difference. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, that has caused a huge rift down in Culver now. Um, and, you know, problems there. It caused a huge rift 
during the county council meeting um, this past week. And the city of Plymouth on Monday, they approved the use of their uh, ARPA funds, which included funding for blue zones in there. Yeah. So now they're going to have to modify their plan because I'm just wondering if some of this where we have money that um, people have pledged. I, I told Jim, I said, I wonder if there's some way because somebody had brought up, you know, of creating a why. Yeah. Um, getting a why here, you know, and and I'm just like. I don't know. I don't know how expensive those things are, or whatever. But if we could have something like that, a facility like that, that everybody could use—not yeah. just the people who had money, or not just the people who have insurance, but anybody who wants to get healthy—we're going to have to do something because obviously we know there's a need. So, yeah. is the Marsh County Health Department going to have to step up? Maybe hire, you know, use some of this money and hire another position. That is a health czar for Marshall County <laughs> that will go around and, you know, start putting out information, weekly information, I would say, yeah. uh, to the medias and um, on websites and through the school systems and real services, you know, the uh, the lunches that people, the old seniors do and that kind of stuff. Like, you know, today's topic or this week's topic is diabetes and, you know, and then host some seminars or whatever during the year where people who want to lose weight, you know, you don't have to go to the doctor and get on diet pills or, you know, we're going to do this through the county health department or something. If you want to lose weight, we're going to begin a something like a Weight Watchers program or something, but we'll call it our own thing for Marshall County where maybe you'll meet once a week. Um, and we probably would have to have, you know, multiple meetings. We might have to have a morning meeting and yeah. noon meeting and an evening meeting. So three days a week, we, there may be meetings so that you can get there and come in and you get weighed and you track, you know, and they're encouraging you to eat these things and don't eat those things. And, and they go to the restaurants and they say, please put on your menu, which I know like at Christos, I, I see it on there. The healthy choices. There right. are little yeah. little decals. What do you call it? Little things, notations right. that like this is healthy or whatever. Well, you know, I remember um, doing a story on that with, with Chris. Um, it, he, he's actually adjusted what they do in the kitchen to prepare things as well um not just the healthy options but they've changed to certain i i don't know exactly what it is but it's like you know you'll change to a different kind of oil like a better a better oil yes a healthier oil has a lot less saturated but they're cooking it a lot more uh healthy as well because you know he said it was a personal thing he had at that point some some health things going on and he needed to do that and he thought well Probably be a good idea to help everybody. So, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, that's the kind of thing I think that this whole idea is about. That that kind of you know get get some restaurant owners on board to offer some options. You know, and maybe it would be creating a, actually a, a county restaurant board, where uh, you know once a month 
restauranters gather and talk about, sure, you know, it, it could be more than just the health side of things. I mean, they could talk about the challenges of trying to get and keep employees and that kind of stuff. Uh, but also then there would be discussions about foods and healthy choices and that, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. And, and just getting them together amongst themselves, they can share ideas. Right. So I, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting. I hope it doesn't totally die. Um, I hope maybe like, the various park departments, and I think we have already seen this, the various park departments have been working to create these trails right. so that there's good, easy places for people to walk and that kind of stuff. So each community is going to be, have to like step up and kind of do their own thing, which right. um, part of the funds, like $400,000 of the city funds, are going to be going towards sidewalks. And... While it probably won't be a sidewalk on Oak Road where we really need a sidewalk, um, it will probably be in various places in neighborhoods where you go along and there's a sidewalk and then, oop, there's a section and there's no sidewalk or whatever. Um, and right. definitely looking for kids walking to school to make sure that they have a safe place to walk to school. Um, I think you know, those are things that we're going to have to look at. But um, isn't there a program for that too? There is a, a, a safe, safe some... something. Yes, safe routes to school. Right. Um. That that's a grant. Um. I believe opportunity that you know different communities could apply for. I'm sure. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm hoping to get something from the Crossroads Committee. Uh, of health and wellness on this because, uh, uh, you know, now what do we do? Right. What's the plan now? And, yeah. and I mean, they probably um, are just as shocked as, you know, yeah. everybody else. Yeah. Like, are you kidding? We didn't get anything? Well, I, I don't know. That that so the whole thing was much ado about nothing, right? Uh, Is that what it boils down to? Well it to? ends up being that way, unfortunately. But um So you got a lot of animosity built up yes, and yes. for no reason at all. And so, you know, now Culver and I've got I want to get a hold of Bill Clevin or Bill Githens because he said that they want to take their $25,000 and help some departments and some employees with additional funds, giving them a, a pay raise mid-year next year. Well, I, I want him to spell that out a little bit more because to me, some in his quote is not everybody's getting it. Right. So, you know, and I, I don't I don't know what his thought process is. I know there's been a lot of discussion and, and we are seeing it here in Plymouth. In fact, I will tell you that a Plymouth police officer has resigned. Um, Bob DeLee is going to South Bend. He's been working here in Plymouth. I think it was 20 years. I don't have my notes in front of me. Almost 20 time. years, but he's going to South Bend. Um well, I, I don't I don't know why. I don't know if it's because the pay is better or what 
but I gotta feel like it's pay. Um, I it, that that's the only thing that makes sense to me. I hope that on these when they are doing these exit interviews that somebody sits down with the. So what I'm thinking is okay is you know Bill Githens thinking down in Culver well as a way for us to you know keep and attract police right. officers yeah. maybe we'll give them more pay but the secretary and the clerk's office we won't worry about you know right. and and you, there's this equality thing and, and you know John Van Vactor talked about it when that $5000 stipend came in for the court service position you know Okay, look, we've classified all of these jobs. She is a Pat 3. If her job duties have changed, then get her job duties updated and see if that moves her to a different classification, which would be more money. Right. Um, But we can't have all of the Pat 3s in the county except for one who's making an extra $5,000. That's not fair. He wants equality. And so, you know, if you're going to give these guys... A raise. I'll, I'll tell you. I, I know there there are people here in Plymouth who, um, some people, that believe that we should give the police officers a much bigger raise than the other employees. Well, the other employees are are very important too. Right. Um. And while their job may not be quite as dangerous, I would think sometimes it is. I mean, how about being a snowplow driver? Right. That I mean, you don't know. Um, so I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, but I want to get a hold of him and see if he can clarify some of that now. Well, but. I honestly have said it before. I think all our emergency folks are underpaid. Um, but I, what do you do? I mean, yeah. Do you give a do you give a pay raise to the police officers and not the firefighters or not right. the paramedics? Right. I, I, you know, um, and so it, it makes it hard. How about the guy who's out there, you know, sweeping up the leaves for you in the fall, so that you you know you don't have to worry about trying to get rid of those leaves right. or whatever. I mean, their job is important too, and what they do to take care of the streets are are important to the people. So it it's a it's a tough. Road to hoe out there. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but we will see. <laughs> yeah, we will. The, the future, I can't say the future is bright. For me, the future is scary right now. Yeah, to a certain extent, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, good luck, everybody. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. Yep. Good luck. Ah, okay. Well, um, I've got, I mean, I've got news to talk about. I have not heard back from Tim. So I guess, why don't we go ahead and take our first break of the morning. And uh, we can give away a prize. And then we will get started. Why don't we start with pizza bills? I've got something for later that you're going to enjoy as well. Um, okay, that sounds like a good idea. All right, we're going to do a Pizza Bills gift certificate, 15 bucks. If you haven't won anything from us in the last 30 days, please give somebody else a shot. It's caller number 
at 574-936-4096. 574-936-4096. Caller number seven. Going to get some uh, pizza bills. So... Dial. The Co Alliance commitment to deliver on the best propane service available is unwavering. Their established local quality service is unmatched. Co Alliance is owned by local farmers and they deliver on the principles of hard work, dependability, and trust. It's not by chance that they've been around for nearly a hundred years. It's because of their commitment to the customer. Earn 500 free gallons now when you join the others that have made the change to Co Alliance propane. Call 317 324 4457 or visit coalliance.com to learn. More. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? Call Apex Waste. Large or small, we'll take your call. When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and no taxes. What we say is what you pay. Apex Waste is a local family-owned company that is dedicated to reliable, friendly service. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. That's 574-896-2739. Or visit us online at apexwaste.net. If you want to know what's going on in Marshall County, just reach for the Pilot News. Local government, people, and places. Since 1851, the Pilot News has been Marshall County's only daily local newspaper. So when you want to know what's happening around town, pick up the Pilot News. Call 936-3101 today and have everything in Marshall County delivered to your doorstep. The Pilot News. Marshall County Fiber is a partnership between Marshall County REMC and Rochester Telephone Company. Fiber is the fastest internet around. New technology is developed each day to digitize much of our daily routine. But over time, adding devices to your home network leads to slower connections. With Gigabyte Internet, you'll be ready for anything. Visit MarshallFiber.com to see if Marshall County Fiber is available in your neighborhood. cell phone out and dial 574-936-4096 or text 574-307-6647 and be part of the show. Now let's get back to what's your opinion on WTCA in Plymouth, Indiana. Kim. Kim is our winner. Winner. Pizza, pizza, dinner. Yep. All right. That's, <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Okay, and I did just get a message from our guest who is under the weather. Uh. So I would prefer they not spread their germs here. So Everybody's on. Did you? It's going around. What? Somebody sent me a text yesterday. I forgot to mention. Yeah. Uh, they said Grace Baptist School was closed. Because, oh, really? Well, Warsaw schools were. I saw that. Yeah. Um, in fact, Katie Anders was in yesterday. Her kids go to Warsaw. Um, and she does um, speech, I think, at Warsaw. Yeah. And uh, that's what she said, that it's it's crazy over there yeah. uh, right now. So before she could come to Plymouth to work on her lovely job here with the Reese, she had to get her kids situated. Oh, yeah. There, so. Yeah. I, yeah. I, uh. I saw that, and I, like I said, somebody said Grace Baptist. Now, in that case, I, you know, it seems like a smaller school like that, they they are a little bit more close. Does that, yeah. that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like the cafeteria, they probably basically right. all gather together. I mean, it's not in... Like at Plymouth High School, right. we have what five lunch periods or something. Yeah, and they got different rooms they can go to. But then, then the other part of that is, once, like you just said, there's so many at Plymouth High School, it becomes and they're wandering averages. the hall. Yep. Yeah, that's for um, sure. But I, you know, and I think some people are pulling the trigger a little bit too early because. Uh, Simple fact is, is that this isn't anything new. I mean, in the past, they've done exactly the same thing. When there's a flu bug that's really going around, and everybody's getting sick, they'll they'll do this. I mean, this is it doesn't a, happen very often. No, though. no, 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 no. This I is, would say not even every year does. It oh happen. no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. But uh, but they it it's not unprecedented that it that it happened. No. I don't know. I'm still. Still thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I saw on TV this morning now that, I mean, we've talked about COVID yeah. and the flu. And then that big push, the RSV, that's what kids get, that respiratory thing. But now there's a a strep, a, big, a big thing on strep right now going yeah. around too, which is, I think, more primarily for kids. But, you know... I. I honestly do think that in some of those situations where you're around a lot of people, and in fact, I'm going, I'm going to be watching David wrestle Saturday in Indianapolis. Right. Um, my grandson's coming from South Carolina to Indianapolis to wrestle, and we're going to be at UIndy. I'm wondering maybe I should throw a mask in my pocket and just just have it in case I feel uncomfortable. Right. Or if somebody around me starts, seems to be a, a coffer and a hacker, that right. I could put it on to protect myself from them. Well, and the thing is, is that a lot of people won't even notice. But people that have, and this is, was the same thing during COVID, the people who really have to be concerned are those who have chronic health problems. True. Pretty much. I mean, if you're, if you're, uh, uh, immune system is fighting that stuff. It doesn't oh, have yes. anything left if, if to you fight have, something yeah, new. If you, if you are, uh, suffer <laughs> with some diseases, even it can be, the, you know, I don't want to say as simple as diabetes and Crohn's disease and some of those kind of things. 
that, I mean, it, it does make it a little more difficult on your system. So, um, you know, and, and I, I, I'm going to be honest, I've, I've had my first two COVIDs, but I've not gone back and had any of the boosters. I know, neither And I. I, I'm thinking that, you know, probably I should get a booster. Um, <clears throat> just because I think the newest booster now, you know, after the two initial shots, then there were these two boosters, which I didn't yeah. get. And now there's this third booster, which supposedly covers those other two boosters, too. So maybe instead of having a total of five shots, I could just get by with the three shots because <laughs> I don't really like shots. But <laughs> I don't know. I didn't yeah. even feel. I know you don't feel anything. Your skin is thick, and you don't feel <laughs> okay. Maybe I was gonna say you don't feel shit. Maybe <laughs> literally, literally thick, as in the skin is absolutely literally thick. But I, metaphorically, no, I do not have a thick skin. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, my my barely adequate psychic defenses are crumbling right now as we speak. So yeah, yeah. I just, you know, it's, I I maybe it's just like maybe maybe I should maybe I well, should get the other one. Go I, get a booster. I, I I mean I've I've it's been in the back of my head and yeah. and you know when when we get those announcements from the Marsh County Health Department, which I'm gonna go to Facebook right now. Um, that says they're going to have a clinic and they're going to be giving them. I like, yeah, but you always do it on Friday and Saturday. And it's like, I don't want to, you know, if it, if it would make me sick, I don't want to be sick on the weekend. So give it to me on Monday. <laughs> give it to me on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. 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 Instead. Yeah. <laughs> so that I, I, that I'll be, I'll be back healthy by my weekend again. Well, yeah, there you go. There you go. I know that's probably not a very. I didn't have any nice reaction to the shots even. either, which you know a lot of people were like, "Oh, I I didn't have." I, I don't know. Um, I'm not prone to that kind of flu. Well, uh, the chest thing. I yes. now the yours is the head thing. Uh, well, it's sinuses. <laughs> I have See, constant, well, where are your sinuses constant, in your head? Constant drainage, but. Uh, I get it in the stomach. I get that oh. gastroenteritis Ugh. really, really bad. And anything where it likes to go both ways. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and any anything anytime I get sick, it goes it's straight that. there. Ugh. I mean, it just goes straight there. And I uh, now I feel lucky because I hear people hacking all the time, and I cough and stuff. But that's dry throat and drip. That has nothing to do with my. It's not coming from uh. my chest. It's coming from my throat. So, yeah. So, on December the 13th, the Marsh County Health Department did put out a release. It says the Marsh County Health Department will no longer offer COVID-19 vaccines behind the LifePlex at 2855 Miller Drive in Plymouth. They will offer adult and children COVID-19 vaccines in their office in the Community Resource Center at 510 West Adams Street in Plymouth, beginning in January on Tuesdays through Thursdays by appointment only. And their number you can call is 574-936-8565 to schedule that appointment. The last day, the Marshall County Health Department COVID-19 test site behind the LifePlex will be open is Friday, December the 30th. 
So, uh, you know, it's, let's see, they will be offering free adult and children influenza vaccines in their office on Monday, well, to, no, Monday, December the 19th through Wednesday, December the 21st from 9 o'clock in the morning until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. No appointment is needed. So there you go. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how things move forward you're with gonna, that. But you're gonna get a flu shot this year? No. Okay. <laughs> That's just another shot, dang it. I, I don't like shots. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't like needles. I just Well, I don't either. Would you get a flu shot yeah. if she came in and yeah, said, I'm "Hey, Rusty, I've, I've done it every year." Can I come year. into the radio station and give you a flu shot? Now, now you know if she came in I've during the show year. and gave me a COVID vaccine, I'd probably do that right here on the show. Well, you did before. Yeah. So we'll see how things go. I'll have to get a hold of them and see because I'd like to we, talk to them about. See if we can scream. Ah! Yeah. 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 I. I usually start screaming before they overstick me. So. You do not. Yeah, I do. You're Mr. I do on purpose. See, that's the, you're that's scaring the, them yeah, instead. That's the joke uh, <laughs> when we've done it in here. I'll start screaming to whoever the nurse, whoever was at. I haven't even done it yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just I was practicing, practicing for when you actually <laughs> stick it in there. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so yesterday morning, I was not here at the beginning of the show because I was at the Marsh County Election Board meeting. Um, on Thursday morning, they held a continuation hearing on the campaign finance complaint filed against Commissioner Stan Klotz by Nicole Haskins. Um, and there had been, we'd had a meeting the week earlier, there had been three violations the election board were trying to decide on and review uh, the first one was failure to report to timely report a three thousand dollar contribution, improper commingling of funds, and a false statement. And so uh, Stan Klotz did not attend these hearings. Instead, he had uh, attorney Sean Cerisi representing him at the meeting. During the December sixth meeting hearing that was held, uh, Sean Cerisi. Uh, was unsure when exactly Stan's campaign bank account was open. While he knew he had information on the bank account, he was not 100% sure when it was open. And so the election board asked for him to present, actually go to the bank and get all of the bank statements from when the account opened until the November election was over. Um, so that they could be assured that fl funds were flowing in with deposits and cash coming out, checks for payments of advertising, mailers, billboards, that kind sure. of stuff. Yeah. Um, because in the May hearing, because Mr. Klotz also had a similar situation happen in the pre-primary. Right. And so he had, there was a hearing back then, and he was actually fined $500, I believe, because he didn't do things right. He commingled funds. That meant he had a, I think it was a $10,000 check that he put into his personal account instead of into his 
own account and he never took it out and he just paid for his signs and his mailings and everything from that account so he was fine that um so they wanted to make sure that the funds were now being separated sure and so uh prior to the election board meeting this week um the city attorney that sean sarisi did present documents to the election board within the five days that they gave him to do that so that allowed them time to review it before, prior to the meeting uh, of all of the bank statements where they could see you know the money was being deposited in and checks were being written out and it was going that way um, and so they believed that there was no commingling of funds that he actually was using the account as sure. he's supposed to for his campaign finance the question of uh, a false statement was in May, he said he hadn't separated his campaign finance accounts. Well, he actually had. He had done it in February, but he made a statement in May that said he hadn't. And so they were questioning that, which they now know that there's an account and it's been being used uh, both ways. So that was not the other one. And the final one was the concern about filing uh, a, a, a timely contribution. So in July, Commissioner Klotz was given a $3,000 check from the PAC Political Action Committee, Better Government Hears People, mm-hmm. in July. But he did not bank that money until October. And so that was, there was a question there. Um, And election board president Rick Huff said, and I quote him, I've reviewed the law on it and Sean's brief, and I believe he is correct, so I don't see a violation there. It seems to me that the violations after all this have amounted to errors in his report that have been corrected. So ultimately, it all came down to, you know, not correctly filling out the campaign finance reports. And um, the reports have all been amended to make them correct and to make them balance out. Sure. And uh, so Rick Huff said, I believe there is, there was a valid reason for the hearing and the investigation. But at this time, point in time, I would move that we found violations and that they were corrected and that Mr. Klotz has been through enough in correcting them. And I would personally feel we should just waive any further penalties. The Marsh County Election Board unanimously agreed of bringing an end to the complaint, the hearing, and the investigation, and issued no penalty against Mr. Klotz for his campaign finance well, I'd, reports. I said it before. I I don't. I, if they had found that he did something intentionally shady i would have that that would have really surprised me a lot because i you know i i can see a mistake but I, I don't think there was any i think the thing the only thing that really bothers me is and sean read from state code but if i'm giving you a check for your campaign rusty to yes. run for mayor and i give you whoa a, whoa 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well you live in the city limits uh... <laughs> And I and I, I I just talked about how I feel about elections. So no, and I'm I give not you participating. A Three thousand dollar check. 
Okay. And you hold on to that check for three months before you decide to cash it. Uh, Actually, four months before you decide to cash it. I don't know that that is in a timely fashion to me. Well, no, but... But that's how the state regulates it. And so after the meeting, I was talking with the clerk, and I said, I think somebody needs to go down state and, like, say, look, we need to fix this. Because one place, and she was reading the code to me, one place it says within 30 days... Yeah. And then another place yeah. it doesn't it doesn't give it just says it's not been accepted until you cash it. Right. So there needs to be some additional clarification and you know if you're running for office and I I give you money I want I want you to use that money and in this case it was PAC money a local political action committee that had disbanded that's how they were disbanding of sharing out their money and finishing it off. Oh okay. And how could they close out their account because you held their check for four months? They couldn't go to the bank and close it down because there's still money sitting in there until you cashed that check and took it out of their account and put it in your account. But they supposedly closed down their committee in July. So I, I, I think the state needs to do some oh, yeah. adjustment work there. But. Well, it could be more clear. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's where I would like to see it go. At least clarify some stuff. Uh-huh. I, like I said, I, I don't... It would have really surprised me if there was any real I I don't... Yeah, on. I honestly I don't think that yeah, anybody I don't really it. expected there to be anything legally right. wrong. Yeah. I would say that Mr. Klotz in his next campaign, which would probably be in four years again, that if he would decide to run again, that he would have somebody help him well, he's got- and actually he'll have another campaign finance report due because this one was due in october so the election was in november so there'll be another campaign finance report due at some point to to round out the year right. or the election i would assume well um, that so, that he he has somebody review it before he yeah. turns it in at this point i'm sure he's had a, a crash course in uh <laughs> campaign finance and the intricacies of how you're supposed to do that. Deb but. Vandermark did tell me that uh, her hope is that um, they will begin that, that her her hope is even though she won't be the clerk next year is that there is the possibility of actually having some campaign finance report um, Training. Oh yeah, and, that would be there, a good it idea. is tra- there is training at the state, but who wants yeah. to drive clear to Indianapolis? Oh, no. So she she thinks that we can get one here locally, and that you know they should all go and attend that. And I I will tell you, I, I asked a second question after the meeting because I in looking through Mr. Klotz's campaign finance, I had noticed that. Where he wrote a check to WTCA for advertising, it was a direct, it was listed as direct. Yeah. A direct payment type thing. But where he wrote a check to another local radio station, it was listed as in kind. And I I, I asked, I said, can somebody explain to me this direct and in kind? Because when I think of in kind. It's a service. I think that. Uh, that I'm donating this to you. Right. I'm not actually charging you. Like in kind services, 
the county health department or the county highway department in kind went down to the 4-H fairgrounds and did a paving project. You know, they're not charging them for that. They're doing that to help them out. That's, to me, what in-kind stuff is, is when you go do something for somebody and you don't charge them, you're helping them out. Right, yeah. So I I asked for some clarification, and, and Deb wasn't sh- – There, there's questions there. So I'm thinking that mine was he wrote the, tra- the check to WTCC to WTCA directly from his campaign finance account. But he wrote the check to the other advertising to a per, through a personal check and then had to reimburse himself that money back or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's complicated. It, it Obviously, the form has to be complicated because right at the very top of it, it says... Is this an amended form? So, I mean, they're they're already anticipating that people aren't going to get it right and are going to have to amend it. <laughs> so, just, it's kind of a crazy thing. But I'm hoping that they do be able to bring some education here for uh, candidates so that they can work on getting that yeah, filed I think correctly. that would be good. Yeah. Um, that, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. So, also, uh, during Monday's <clears throat> county council meeting, um, at the before the closure of the meeting, uh, Councilman Jim Masterson uh, asked to read four resolutions recognizing the four members of the county council who are fin- finishing out their terms. And so the first to be recognized was Heath Thornton, who has served on the county council for over seven years, from October the 21st of 2015 until December 31st of 2020. Next, he recognized Mandy Campbell, who is completing her first four-year term from January 1, 2019 until December 31 of 2020. Uh, Mandy also served as vice president for one year and president for one year of the county council. John Van Vactor was recognized not only for being on the county council, but uh, a stint as Marshall County Sheriff, too. Uh, On the county council, John had a total of 10 years most recently serving from January 28th of 2021 until December the 31st of 2022. And the final member to be recognized was Steve Harper, um, which um, he also has served not only on the county council, but as an election board member. Uh, But for the county council, uh, over six years, most recently serving from December 14th of 2020 until December 31st of 2022. And all of the resolutions had in it, as they read them, uh, that said, the members have served with distinction and as a result of their distinguished service and outstanding leadership, Marshall County has been and continues to be financially sound with the highest financial ratings in the state of Indiana. And so um, congratulations to all four of them who are... Moving on. Yeah. I don't know if it's to bigger and better things, but they're moving on. Okay. Oh. Um, also, I uh, received the uh, Marsh County Sheriff's Department, uh, Sheriff's Department and Jail Report for November. The top 10 offenses for inmates being lodged in the Marshall County Jail in November. The number one thing, Rusty, was for Failure to appear. Wow. 17 people were arrested for failure to appear. 
which that's not, you know, not, not, not a scary criminal charge, but obviously they don't take it very serious. Well, you know, some of those are, uh, to clarify, some of those are oversight. I, I'm sure there is a couple. And, and a lot of them may, I, I'm not sure about most. I, I think some of them, a decent number, if not most, are for like civil cases. Where somebody's suing you, or you got a, you, you know what I'm saying? It's Could like a, a debt or something that you haven't paid. Or you you already got picked up once for yeah. a driver expired license, and you bonded out, and then you never went back to finish it. Right, off, that kind of know. thing. Uh, the number two uh, was operating while intoxicated, with eight people being arrested. Theft, of course, it is November, so theft was number three. They had six people arrested. The fourth one was criminal mischief with five people being arrested. Possession of marijuana was number five. They also had five people arrested there. Number six was violation of home detention or pretrial release. And we've seen a lot so more of that. you're out, you're out. You, you've got an ankle bracelet on or, you know, you've been released. Maybe not with an ankle bracelet, but there are rules and regulations, and you can't seem to follow those rules and regulations, yeah. and you end up back in the Marsh County Jail. Yeah, well, that that happens once in a while. Yes, it does. Yeah. Resisting law enforcement was number seven, and there were four people arrested in November for that. Number eight was possession of cocaine or narcotics, uh, three people. Number nine was driving while suspended three people and number 10 was possession of methamphetamine three people arrested so during november there were a total of 71 bookings into the marshall county jail with argus and bourbon each having one the bremen police department put six people in jail the indiana state police arrested nine people the plymouth police department arrested six people Community Corrections put four people back in jail. And the Marsh County Sheriff's Department, officers there uh, forty had 44 arrests. So wow. that, they are a big, busy department. Uh, on December the 2nd, when they did the jail report, um, at that so that was the day it was conducted, there were 103 inmates in the jail. Four of those inmates are actually serving time with misdemeanor charges. 20 inmates are serving time with felony charges. 67 inmates are currently being held for pretrial, so they haven't gone through the whole court system. Eight are waiting for their arraignment, and four are being held for another agency. So they felt it was okay. easier maybe to have them here than where they are. Of those 103 inmates in the Marshall County Jail, 85 of them are males and 18 of them are females. The average daily population in the county jail in November was 111.7 people. If you look back six months ago in May, the daily average population was 146 point, no, 144.6. And going back one year from the date... 149.9. So really a year ago, we had 150. The average daily population was 150. And right now we're at 112. We'll, we'll push it up that one. So a, a drastic decline in the population there. 
The report also indicated there there are a total of 1,402 active warrants still sitting out waiting to be served. Now, if we went and served all those, we would be in big trouble. Yeah. Because the jail would be way too full. Yeah. Officers with the March County Sheriff's Department investigated a total of 100 accidents in November. 92 of them were property damage accidents. Seven involved personal injury. And there was one fatal accident. County officers also issued 27 warnings and or citations and handled 42 different case reports. So actually, when you think about it, 27 warnings or citations, that's not even a, one ticket a day. Yeah. For all of the, the whole shit, everybody out there, that's not very many tickets. Mm, I would almost right. think that uh, every officer could write one ticket every day for something. Well, probably. You know. Do you want them to? Speeding, uh, light out, you know. Do you want them to? Well, it would be a way to get some funds in. (laughs) Wow. That, that, wow, wow. (laughs) The Marshall County uh, Central Dispatch Center in November answered 2,770 administrative calls. So that's people just calling in to ask a question about, hey, can I get a gun permit? Or, hey, is so-and-so in the Marshall County Jail? Or, hey, my kid's in there, what's his bond? And, yeah. You know, those kind of things. Or, hey, can I talk to Detective Snyder? You know, those yeah. kind of things. Um, they also handled 1,301 911 calls last month. 99.85% of those 911 calls were answered in less than 15 seconds. And 100% of those 911 calls were answered in less than 20 seconds. That's not bad. So I think that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they realized the urgency of a 911 call sure. and, and step up to that and, yeah. you know, make sure that they're getting somewhere with it. Absolutely. So I have a little bit more news, but let's take another break. We can do that. And maybe give away another prize. I've got uh, lottery tickets. Oh, woohoo! It's Christmas uh, time. I've got three scratch-offs from the Hoosier Lottery. Are these the Christmas ones? Yes, they are. Okay. The Christmas scratch-offs. Cool. Some merry money. (laughs) Yes, we want to give you merry money today. Exactly. So uh, if you haven't won uh, tickets from us... Lottery tickets from us in the last six months. Please give somebody else a shot at these. They're very popular. We're going to take caller number four, 574 Good luck. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? Call Apex Waste. Large or small, we'll take your call. When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and no taxes. What we say is what you pay. Apex Waste is a local family-owned company that is dedicated to reliable, friendly service. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. That's 574-896-2739. Or visit us online at apexwaste.net. Excuse me, why are you saving those old eyeglasses? You know the ones. Stuck away in the desk drawer. Haven't been worn in years. Yeah, those. You should donate them to your local Lions Club. 
Lions Clubs have been collecting used eyeglasses for years. They'll take your old eyeglasses and recycle them for someone in need of proper eyewear. Eyeglass drop boxes are located at St. Joseph Regional Medical Center, Michiana Eye Center, and here at WTCA Studios. My name is Corporal Bradley Joseph Seitz. Jerry Reed. Kate Weber. These are real veterans facing a real challenge. I have PTSD. And I have PTSD. I have PTSD. Post-traumatic stress disorder can happen to anyone. I was still in a war zone in my mind. But treatment can turn your life around. Treatment has really saved my life. To learn about PTSD and how treatment can help you, call your local VA medical center or visit ptsd.va.gov. The Co-Alliance commitment to deliver on the best propane service available is unwavering. Their established local quality service is unmatched. Co-Alliance is owned by local farmers, and they deliver on the principles of hard work, dependability, and trust. It's not by chance that they've been around for nearly 100 years. It's because of their commitment to the customer. Earn 500 free gallons now when you join the others that have made the change to Co-Alliance propane. Call 317-324-4457 or visit CoAlliance.com to learn more. Have a blue Christmas without you. Tune to FM 106.1 and AM 1050 WTCA in Plymouth, Indiana. And what's your opinion? Phone lines are open at 574-936-4096. So call now and join the fun. Now here's Kathy and Rusty. Uh, Mike. Merry Christmas, Mike. You got uh, some scratch-offs from the Hoosier Lottery waiting for you. All you have to do is come pick them up. Good Good deal. Nice song, too. Okay. Thank you for picking a good Christmas song. All right. Okay, back to the news. Um, You want want to... No, we don't need the breaking news. You don't... We don't need that? (laughs) I'm done breaking. We we don't need that, is what you're telling me? Okay. No, we've had it up. Three stories in one day was enough, I think. We don't have breaking news with Kathy Botter. I do want to let folks know that a GoFundMe account has been created to assist with the funeral and memorial service for 16-year-old Malik Steely, uh, who was killed Monday evening here in Plymouth at the intersection of Oak Drive and Pidco Lane. Um, the goal has been set at $6,000. Um, and actually, in the description, uh, 
there's a, a high school junior who actually set up the account. Um, and she says she's not was not super close to Malik, but I would see him every day smiling, and that that smile made me smile. He was the most one of the most genuine, nicest people a person could talk to, and it hurts me that we don't get a chance to talk or see him again. And so um, his funeral services are coming up on Tuesday at the Deaton Clemens Van Gilder Funeral Home here in Plymouth. And the GoFundMe, I have a link to the story on this page. Uh, the GoFundMe, their goal is $6,000, and right now there's $2,185 in that. So if you would like to assist the family um, in with the funeral services. Um, I know in the obituary, it also, um, I got to go find it because I posted that yesterday too. Um, and it says, you know, where where a lot of times they, you can make a donation or whatever to, right. you know, the Humane Society or whatever, right. you, you know, some of it. Um, it does say there, but memorial don donations may be made to the family or to the Deaton Clemens Van Gilder Funeral Home. So you can assist and help the family that way too. Yep. So um, one of those things that, you know, you're never prepared for a 16-year-old no. that you're going to have to pay for a funeral. Yeah. So, yep, if you can help out, please, you know, make a donation. On Tuesday, December the 13th, about uh, 10 minutes after 7 in the evening, Marshall County Canine Officer Templeton Templeman conducted a traffic stop on Michigan Road near 4th Road. During that traffic stop, his canine partner, Bear, was deployed and alerted to the presence of narcotics coming from the vehicle. So they did a, a, a search and suspected marijuana and suspected LSD were located inside that vehicle. 22-year-old Clayton Young of South Schumacher Street in Bremen was arrested and taken out to the Marshall County Jail where he was booked in for possession of a controlled substance and possession of marijuana. Uh, he did post a cash bond at 145 Wednesday morning and was released. Um, he will be facing court charges, though, as the day goes on. So, Really? Yeah, 22 years old. And, you know, the thing that people don't realize, you got a black mark. Yeah. And and it's it's going to be there for a while now. I mean, that's, yep. that's not something that goes away. And unfortunately, in this th this case, I I've had this happen many times. I've done that. I did an article, posted it up on my Facebook page, and then three years down the road, he's twenty five years old and he's doing better, you know. Yeah. And he's trying to get a job. And if a boss Google's up his name, one of the top things will come up will be a news story that I did about him three years ago. And you know, so then they'll say, well, "Can you take that down?" I said, "Well, did it happen?" Yeah. Well, yes. And well, were you convicted? Well, yes. And it's like then no, I can't take it down. It it it's there. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it did happen. Um if it didn't happen or or the charges changed or whatever, um I do take them down um yeah. with with uh documentation right. from the courts courts so that I know that it's true and honest, but Sure. If you guys are looking for something fun and different to do this weekend, how about coming to the Reese 
and looking at more than 25 beautifully decorated Christmas trees. More than 25 local businesses and not-for-profits are decorating holiday trees for the first annual Best Decorated Tree Contest. They'll also be serving cookies and hot chocolate. And the fun continues tonight from 6 until 8 p.m. And on Saturday from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. So for each $3 donation, you get to vote for one of which tree you think is the best decorated tree. Cool. So here's your chance to kind of have some fun, maybe an opportunity to get into the wreaths and see what's going on there. Um, then the fun continues on Sunday because at 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon, there is a matinee at the wreaths of a Christmas story. All right. You're going to shoot your eye out. Yeah. Um, or stick your tongue on the flagpole and get it stuck there. You know? Yes. The Oliver Ford family is the community sponsor for the movie. And tickets are available at ReeseTheater.com. Um, they will be available at the door while supplies last. And I think they can seat like 200, 225 maybe uh, for movies. So children 12 and under are free, but they are to be accompanied by adult. And so those 13 and over, it's only five bucks to go to the movie. And it's no different than going to any other movie theater. They've got popcorn and they've got pop and they've got candy. So you actually, you know can enjoy the movie with some movie butter flavored popcorn which does sound good um also there will be a limited number of themed ornaments for fans of a christmas story so that you can purchase so you know everybody wants you know a leg lamp on their christmas tree oh yeah (laughs) no not what no I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to force myself to watch it. So that I've never watched it either. I don't. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I you know honestly, I think maybe one of the biggest turnoffs was that I'm going to say something like uh, TBS or whatever. You know, 24 hours of that movie. So it just played over and over and over on December 24th or whatever. And it's like, oh come on. There's other movies that are great. We don't need yeah. to watch 24 hours of that movie. I don't like Christmas movies any more than I like Christmas music. Oh, I love Christmas movies and I love Christmas music. Sappy. And in fact, I'm going to give you the heads up right now while I work on this last story. At the end of our show today, when we leave out, because we're going to leave out early today, the first song leaving out of our show is going to be a very nice Christmas song. Not some goofy thing that you pick, but some traditional thing that you pick. So I'm going to let you pick it. But Oh, no, I don't want to pick it. I don't have anything. <laughs> I have no clue of what traditional is. Come on. You know, I mean, it could be Grandma got run over by a reindeer. That's tradition. not traditional. It's not go. I'm not touching that Okay, do you want to do? I will not touch that song. You- it, it, even with the computer mouse, I will not touch that song. Sorry. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. All right, all right. Give me or, ten seconds. Or we could do Silent Night, Holy Night. I mean, there's, you know, if you want to go in the religious sector, that's fine with me. I don't care. 
I just don't want it, you know, that has something that has the words that have been modified from its original version. <laughs> oh, there are plenty. We could do the 12 days of Christmas. There are plenty of those. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth, my two front teeth, or the hippopotamus song, whatever. There's a Christmas hippopotamus song. So, yeah, I've given you lots of ideas now. So the next story comes to us from Marsh County Emergency Management, and they want to let you all know that winter begins on December the 21st. So it's almost here, and they say it's going to be a cold winter for us. Old Man Winter will make his official debut on December the 21st, and he's going to bring in much colder air with highs in the 20s and lows in the single digits, possibly near zero. So Marsh County Emergency Management is warning citizens to be winter ready. Um, in an article from the National Weather Service, Arctic air is expected to spill over much of the U.S. in the coming weeks. Um, there is a map with this story on the website that you can see. Uh, it says the map uh, shows below normal temperatures for a period from December 21st through the 27th. At times, those high temperatures will only be in the 20s and the lows in the single digits. Snow is also likely during this period. So here are some cold weather safety tips for you. If you've got to be outside, limit your time outside in the cold, wet, and windy weather. Pay attention to the forecast and wind chill readings. If it's really cold and windy, uh, exposed skin can get frostbite. So in a matter of just minutes. So, you know, make sure you cover up. Dress in several layers of loose, warm clothing. Air trapped between those layers of the clothing. Act like insulation against the cold. Wear windproof and waterproof outer garments to protect yourself from the snow and the rain. Uh, choose undergarments that wick moisture away from the skin. <laughs> okay. That means cotton. And, and change out wet clothing, particularly like your gloves, your hat, and your socks as soon as you can. Don't go all day with the same wet pair of socks on. Uh, wear a hat. Okay, can I ask a question? That, that seems like it. That seems like don't turn the volume up until your ears bleed kind of warning. Because I can't wear wet socks for like... Three okay, seconds. But think about I, it. The what minute it's wet, it's got to come off. What my if foot. you're a construction worker? You're out on the site and you're doing something and your feet get wet. I mean, you can't I'm just out say, of there. Oh, boss, I, I got to go change my socks. That's I'll be workman's comp. <laughs> it's like on your break, you go to your truck and no. get a clean pair of socks and yeah. dry pair of socks on and put those on. No, when my when my socks get wet, they have, they, they have to come off instantly. That is one of the worst feelings on earth is when you're in your socks and, and you wet. step in water that <laughs> is oh no 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 so make sure you have a good pair of boots in my mind <laughs> that is not you don't have to say that socks come off when they're wet that's just that's like one of the laws of isn't that in the ten commandments thou shalt not wear <laughs> wet socks isn't it there i don't think it is rusty but Okay, All right. if you say so. I thought it was. Um, they also suggest that you wear a hat or a headband that fully covers your ears. 
which you know, I don't have a problem with that. Said, yeah, same thing. <laughs> Heavy woolen or windproof material makes the best headwear for cold protection. Wear mittens rather than gloves. Mittens provide better protection. Um, or if you have to try a thin pair of glove liners made from wicky materials such as polypropylene under a pair of heavier gloves or mittens. So, and part of that is if you wear gloves, all your, your whole hand is together. So you can kind of, the other fingers warm the other fingers it, when you get into and that's mittens. And when you get into gloves and each finger is individual and it, you can't get them together and try and warm them up easier. So it is actually better to wear gloves than mittens. No, mittens than gloves. No. But. It's another one. Mittens are horrible. You don't wear mittens. <laughs> you know, you wear mittens. I fought with my mother over that and every she was right. single day. And you were wrong. No, I was. You, you can't shoot a basketball <laughs> in mittens. It's not possible. So, no, gloves were the only way to go. That was because, come on, when you were a kid, you didn't play basketball every recess? No, I didn't. Okay, you were the softball person then, <laughs> No, right? I wasn't. Maybe Foursquare? <laughs> I, I broke my back playing f- touch football out there in that yard at Webster. Somebody, it was, it was icy and somebody... <laughs> Hit me high, and my feet just went straight up over my head and bang, flat on my back. <laughs> that hurt for months. Ooh, wow. I, I messed my back up. But. That was the beginning of the end and for I your back. And I didn't get the first down either. That's that's what hurt the most. <laughs> oh, it, it got me quick. It does also uh, tell you to consider the use of hand and foot warmers. So if you have the hand warmers they in mittens, work. that helps. In gloves, they're, that's about worthless. They don't work. Um, watch for the early signs of frostbite, uh, which can include the change of skin color, a prickling sensation, or a numbness. And if you start to feel that, you've got to seek some warm shelter right away before it Good gets idea. too far. Yes. Yeah. And then when you're traveling, you know, make sure you've got emergency supplies in your vehicle right so you know some additional clothing or a sleeping bag or blankets those kind of things in case you are stranded for a while Uh, and when it gets really bad and we got a lot of snow and you're leaving make sure you tell somebody like hey i'm going to so-and-so and i should be back by here you know okay let's just say we're going to have a bad snow, you know, this weekend. And hey, I'm going to South Bend shopping. I'm I know I'm going to you know Scottsdale Mall area and up to the big mall. Um, and I sh- I I think I should be home around seven, so that if you don't get back and it's now eight or nine o'clock and you're still not back, then you start calling to find out to see if maybe they're trapped in a snowbank somewhere. Right. Um, also, it says don't plan to drink alcohol if you're going to be outside because uh, alcoholic beverage actually causes the body to lose oh, yeah, heat faster yeah so um they they talk about eating you know a well-balanced meal and staying hydrated before you go outside because that helps you keep warm and when you're outside keep moving because exercise gets your blood flowing yeah. and that helps keep you warm too so don't overdo it though don't become exhausted but at least right. you know get out there and try and be careful
Yeah. So, and finally, the last one comes to us from Marsh County REMC. And we are in that time of the year where people are trying all kinds of things to stay warm, which could in you could include the use of electric space heaters and electric blankets and those kind of things to keep you warm. And uh, as part of the Indiana Electric Cooperative, uh, during the winter months, make sure that uh, when you come out of hibernation that you shut off those space heaters and those electric blankets um, because house fires that 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 definitely increases your chance for house fires so yeah um we actually do have uh two electric heaters that we use in our house one is downstairs in our back room where we sit and the other one's up in our bedroom and uh so you just got to remember to when you leave you shut it off the same thing like uh, if you're using an electric blanket uh at night you know make sure in the morning that you shut it off um some people may at home you know use a heating pad um actually i have a, a throw like a like a little afghani type throw that mm-hmm. plugs into the wall that is electric too so it's like a, a little electric throw that i can use to warm myself up but you've got to remember to shut that off uh oh yeah for safety reasons so sure just be careful out there marsh county remc wants you to be safe this winter season as it comes along <laughs> Space heaters are expensive too. That's the other part of it. Yeah, well, it cost you a lot more. Yes, money. electric wise. Yeah. But see, I only use it in one room, so I keep the rest of the house all turned down, and I only use it in one room while we're in that room, and then when we're not in that room, it's not on. So, in our back room, when we get home, say at six or six thirty, it's on maybe from then till nine o'clock or so. Yeah, shut it off. Then when we go up to bed we turn it on for a little bit to warm up the room and then we shut it off and we're good to go so well, you, you know that of heating the whole house to there are things, 72 degrees there or, are things called blankets i like blankets i have blankets on my bed sweatshirts i i wear warm flannel pajamas I have a, an extremely heavy robe that i wear around when it's cold <laughs> uh i i do at home i do layer up I, believe me I, like I would have the other night, I had a turtleneck on and a sweatshirt on, and I was still cold, so I had to put another sweatshirt on over top of that. Well, so I do, and and I t- very typically will have a, a blanket over my legs uh, to keep me my legs warm too. Well, yeah. So I I do try and be I careful. Got, I got to be honest with you, I'm the same way at home that I am in this studio. You're hot one minute and cold yeah, the next. Like. Okay, I'm I'm boiling right now. There are You're most boiling. most days I need literally I need to go home and take a shower after the show. I mean that that is how much I sweat. Wow, so That's unbelievable. But then ten seconds after the show's over, I'll be freezing cold. I and it's I, because of my hot personality. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably that has everything to do with it. I think. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, I'm the same way at home. I'll be freezing to death. I'll put all this stuff on, and then 10 seconds later, I am sweating profusely. So then you take all that off, and because you're sweating, you instantly turn into an ice cube yes. because it all freezes on yes. your body. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, the problems we have <laughs> in this country, we can't keep warm. Call you on the air. Hello. Well, I just wanted to... Well, Jim already told me that I shouldn't say this to Kathy. <laughs> she, needs, 
She should get one of those puppies that helps keep you warm. <laughs> no wonder. Said, no, 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 no. <laughs> I do have no, two I cats. And I, and I will encourage one of the cats, especially if I'm laying down on the couch, I'll encourage Skittles to come and lay on me because Skittles is nice and warm, you know, and then yeah. and then he'll get on me and I'll have a blanket on me and then I'll put my hand under the blanket and under him so my hands get really warm from his, from his skin too. <laughs> okay, well, you got an animal, that's fine. And Jim told me, I'm surprised he put me through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you guys have a good weekend. Thank you, you, you too. too. Thanks for listening. Okay. Um, I do want to let folks know uh, the Bread of Life Food Pantry, we are helping them out um, by being a drop spot. So if you would like to drop off canned goods, uh, boxed things, for the Bread of Life Food Pantry during the holiday season especially, uh, it is most welcomed. They are also collecting um, new and gently used blankets and towels uh, for people that need them. And they are accepting new and gently used crock pots, toaster ovens, and George Foreman's and those kind of things. So right. if you have something else that's similar to that, um, you know. Uh, I know, you know, at one point, uh, like, uh, uh, they used to have, like, quesadilla makers. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that would be something different that a family could use. And you might be able to multitask that. I don't know. Well, you know what I would find most, if it was the only way I had to cook, I actually had an oven go out and had to use a toaster oven for yes. a period of time. And it wasn't big enough, but it worked perfectly it wasn't yeah you know. for your whole family yeah yes. i had to cook in ships um, <laughs> yes but uh it, it, if it was bigger it would have been fine um but the other thing that if if i had to have just one would be um one of those flat stone things because you can cook almost anything on those um i don't know what it's uh it's that it's just a uh flat like tabletop kind of like you see in like a oh, like a smokeless and, grill yeah, or whatever yeah it's like a okay. similar to a grill but it's just a flat um and you can it's like a giant frying pan is what it boils down to you can cook almost anything on those yeah, well, i'm just checking out the quesadilla makers just to see i'm wondering like if you could make pancakes on that well, I'm sure you could probably you know, make waffles on it, probably pancakes too. If you just use the yeah. one side of it. And well, I'm the sure. Other side and that's the yeah. thing, the flat the flat stone is um you can cook anything on it. You can cook anything for breakfast for sure. And then, you know, hamburgers and everything. I used the you know what out of mine um when I had it, which is why I don't have it anymore because, because it, you used it yeah, to death. Pretty much disintegrated. The no stick top was uh Let's put it this way. It was years uh, gone. I was actually using it, and it was almost just the bare metal. <laughs> I had to douse it in olive oil to keep everything from sticking on it. So it was just time. I've never seen one. Until I looked it up just now, the ones I see here. The quesadilla makers? Yes. Actually, if you use the top, if you put the top down on it, it like makes it, cuts the pie shape, pot, or mm -hmm. at least impress it. Yeah, indents presses it down. for the yeah. to the sections of it, which is kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Just gave me an idea. 
But anyway, um, if you would like to drop those off, I want to thank somebody did drop off a toaster oven for Ooh, us. Ooh, that is So great. right now, we've got a George Foreman and a toaster oven sitting out in the box for Perfect. Bread of Life Food Pantry. So cool. um, if you've got one that you haven't been using and you want to get rid of it and you want to help somebody out, uh, drop it by here and we will get it to the Bread of Life Food Pantry. Be happy to help you out. Yeah, definitely. And it, obviously, those non-perishable food items are always in need. Uh, just the basics are great, but, you know, if you want to actually go out, I mean, we're getting into the holiday season, you know, this weekend next. Right. And the pantry, I don't know if they'll go Monday, Wednesday, and Friday next week or not. They might. So, like, what you know, what if you went out and bought, uh, you know, six cake mixes and six things of icing mm-hmm. that would allow a family to have Christmas dessert? Type. Sure. So, something, you know, a sweet treat, or the kids are going to be out of school next week. Um, so, you know, you got to fill up kids, you know, so cupcakes or something, you know, there's just all kinds of things. So just have some fun with it and know that you can drop off your items here. I will tell you though, we are closing, um, at one today. So, um, we won't be available after one o'clock, but there you go. All right, Rusty, I have done my stuff. Giving you the information. Don't forget, folks, if you want to go to the Reese this weekend for the two different events, it's the uh, Festival of Trees, or I'm trying to look. It's the beautiful hand first annual Best Decorated Tree Contest. That is happening on Friday today from 6 until 8 p.m. and tomorrow from 10 until 1 p.m. It's a $3 donation entitles you to one vote for the best decorated tree. And then on Sunday, there is a 2 p.m. matinee. I got a feeling that maybe the there's a later show that's already sold out. But there's a 2 p.m. matinee on Sunday of the Christmas Story. Uh, kids 12 and under are always free. Those 13... Those people 13 and over, it's $5 to get in. So it's a great opportunity to have some family fun. Um and enjoy the Reese in downtown Absolutely. Plymouth. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. We need to have a drawing. Oh, do we? Yeah. Okay. We need to have a drawing. Um, we got some people to add to it first, though. Okay. Uh, we're going to draw here in just a second for four cupcakes from La Dessert Cafe, a free small drink from the Coffee Lodge, and a bouquet of flowers from Cash and Creek. And here's some folks that are going to be entered in the, that drawing. Happy birthday today, Cindy Flagg. Cindy, you are, oh, I can reach in the hat. Sandy Zayner, tomorrow, happy birthday to you, Sandy. You oh, are in the hat. Happy birthday tomorrow to Andy O'Hara. Happy birthday, Andy. Oh, in the hat. Stretch it out And there. let me see. This may be one for next week. Let me, yep, this one's for next week. So we'll save that. Uh, that is our birthdays for today, and now we're going to shake up the hat, and Kathy is going to Reach choose in our winner. And pull out. And our winner is... We have <laughs> Melody Overmeyer well, at the Whistle Stop right. is our winner. Well, very good. Had her birthday on the 14th. Actually, I think Suzanne... Uh, Kevin's daughter had a birthday, I believe, yesterday, but I didn't get that in here. Well, there you go. So, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Melody. Happy birthday to you. And uh, going to be going away with our prizes from Cash and Creek 
La Dessert Cafe and the Coffee Lodge. Now it's time for anniversaries. We've got one of those today, too. Uh, actually, this is belated. Okay. Happy anniversary, Ken and Jan Huyen. Wild guess. How many years? Ken and Jan, 50 years. I'm friends with them on Facebook. I saw it yesterday. <laughs> take all the fun out of absolutely. Happy anniversary, you guys. Absolutely no fun whatsoever. Um, Plymouth Elks Lodge serving tonight. That's fish all you can eat with steak, jumbo shrimp, two baked pork chops. That is the uh, menu for tonight. Salad bar, potato, and dessert with that. Uh, 5 p.m. till 8 p.m. They're serving and carryout is available. 935-5511. That is the trading post for today. That is absolutely all that I have. I can tell you, too, the Elks next Friday, they are going to be opening. That's December the 23rd. They're going to be open, and they're having a ribeye steak next Friday night. So. Ooh. Yeah. I want to put that on your list. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> all righty. All right. Everybody. Have a great weekend. It Supposedly, it's Super Saturday for shopping, so get out there and get that Christmas shopping done. I'm going to go watch some wrestling and probably scream my head off. No, I'll try and be polite <laughs> about it like, like a grandma should be at an event like that. Get a lawn chair and sit all the way away from everybody. That's how to, <laughs> that's how to deal with it. Yeah, definitely. Go, go sit and watch it in the streaming <laughs> in, the, uh, in the hallway. Um That'll work out for you. Have a great weekend, everyone. And we'll be back on Monday. I'm not sure what's going to happen Monday, but we'll uh, mm, you got we'll Jim see. Vinal. Uh, we need to talk about that. Okay. So. Um, and I'm thinking we might be, well, we might be setting up for a great big giveaway that we're going to do. Oh yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that too. Sounds like fun. Okay. All right. That's going to do it. Have a good weekend. Chestnuts roasting